This episode is sponsored by Evolve Bootcamp, my year-round outdoor functional fitness program that delivers a sense of warmth, friendliness, and spirit, along with butt-kicking, hellishly fun-filled workouts that embody a caring attitude evoking the idea everybody that exercises outside does so without boundaries and naturally evolves. Class begins at 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Come by for a trial class at the Boston Common, if you dare. Welcome to the Evolve WMMA podcast, featuring the greatest upcoming female fighters on the planet. They are women who've gone against conventional thinking to pursue their dreams. These fighters inspire, empower, and unleash excellence within a new generation of female warriors as they rise and evolve into the best possible version of themselves through the power of mixed martial arts. Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA, and I'm your host, Shelley Devon. My next guest is an Invicta FC Adamway. She's also a firefighter out of St. Louis, Missouri. She's really small, it's amazing. She started out fighting in a fundraiser called Guns and Hoses, where cops versus firefighters, and from there, one thing led to another. She recently faced Jillian DeCourcy at Invicta FC 35, and she won by unanimous decision. I'd like to welcome firefighter and Invicta FC fighter, Kelly Ann Wildfire D'Angelo. So hi, Kelly, welcome to the show. How does it feel to be like, you know, victorious again, yet again? Awesome. Of course, you're always sad after it's over with because it's so much through camp and you're getting ready for this big moment and then it's over with. And you're like, now what? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, what was your fight camp like? Well, it's actually been, I had eight months in between fights. So I had a few fights they thought I was going to have. Then it fell through. So it was like an up and down roller coaster. So I finally got one and I was fully committed. Um, so committed that I actually had a pretty significant injury in it. So I don't know if you saw that Facebook post or not, but I had, I tore my glute max, glute medius, glute medius tendon, and then some fascia in between the muscles. And you so, fought with that? Yeah. yeah. Oh! It, took, it took so long to get a fight that, um, you know, I didn't want to back out and I knew my opponent had a, you know, she had a hard time getting a fight too. So I was like, I'm not going to back out now. It happened like two and a half weeks out from fight day. Wow. How did you, how did you injure yourself? During practice. Just during practice. Wow. Well, it was just overuse. So it just, just tore. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, for our listeners, I, I, you know, I I had my lead in, I told, I, I mentioned that you're a firefighter and, and you're about, how much do you weigh? Like one Oh, what's, what's your walk around weight? I walked around at between 120 and 122. Yeah, so you're tiny. <laughs> I mean, you're fighting Adam weight. So I mean, I know that you're 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 small and you're a firefighter, which is amazing. And you're an MMA fighter, a professional MMA fighter, both amazing, both in male-dominated arenas. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm I'm like I w- when I saw that and heard that, I was like, damn, girl, that's 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 um. Whatever possessed you to actually, you know, get into and stay the course of, of, you know, becoming a firefighter and then, and then we'll get into the MMA stuff. Cause how you even got into MMA is fascinating too. So 
I actually was going to be a police officer first. And I, I grew up in a pretty small town. So um, I, I started that, actually took some classes at the local college. And um, I had a, a really good friend that was like, you're super outdoorsy. You're always, you know, hanging out with the guys anyway. Um, most of us are on the volunteer fire department. Why don't you try it out? We don't have any girls. And uh, I fell in love with it. So my police, uh, you know, course turned into EMS, which mm -hmm. um, turned into paramedic. And Perryville don't have full-time firefighters. So if I wanted to do this as a full-time career, I had to go to either Cape Dorado or St. Louis, which is both an hour either north or south. So mm -hmm. I came to St. Louis. And uh, from there, I, I mean, I got on a private ambulance district, worked my way through paramedic school and, you know, volunteered a couple places up here, mm -hmm. went through the County Fire Academy, and I'm actually an instructor at the County Fire Academy now, too. So that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. But yeah, it, it, was, it was a long journey, but well worth it. <laughs> yeah. What was the toughest part about the journey to, to get involved in that? Like, I mean, what, what did you find was the hardest thing about like staying in it? Were there ever any times that you know, you were like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, honestly, the most intimidating part was probably coming from a small town and mm -hmm. moving into St. Louis because I never drove downtown. I never drove on like two, more than two lanes, never parked in a parking garage, parallel parked, used the taxi, like, and then I just kind of got thrown into it and was like, figure it out. So um, I lived on a buddy's couch for a while when I came up here because I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends in St. Louis except for him. Mm -hmm. And so he let me just like veg out on his couch for a couple months till I figured stuff out. And it was, it was a little overwhelming at first. <laughs> I can imagine. That's a, that's a lot of undertaking right, right then and there. I mean, you know, getting, well, if you, if you had stuck with the, the, um, the police officer, that training in and of itself is challenging, but then the fire department challenging. I mean, that's, that's like challenging in that, just putting that gear on and walking around in it, right? Yeah. And picking up stuff. Yeah. Our gear, uh, when we're completely geared up and then we have the tank on, it's right around 70 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, and then do you have to do like a test of like climbing up a lot of stairs in your suit, carrying stuff? And so crazy thing is, um, you're you're supposed to keep it's called a CPAC test, mm -hmm. and um, you're supposed to keep your card up. You should test once a year, mm -hmm. and uh, I actually did that test before I left town for Kansas City uh, in the middle of my weight cut. So when I did the test, I was probably about 114 pounds and um, you wear 75 pounds. You, they put a weight vest on you and then extra weights on a stair mill. Mm -hmm. You have to do that and then carry some tools and stuff. And then you have to drag a 170 pound dummy and then sledgehammer something and then pull ceiling. So it was the only test I could get in at the time. So the day I left for Kansas City that morning, I did a firefighter agility test in the middle of my weight cut, which sucked, but wow. I had to just get it done. <laughs> was it, what, what fight, what, what uh, fight was it that you did that for like this prior to? This one? This one. Oh my God. <laughs> with, with, with a torn glue. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yay. Wow. That's, that's some heavy, heavy lifting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. You extra challenges thrown in there lately, but you know, yeah. made it feel better at the end. A little more deserved. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I saw at the end of your fight, um, you were like, well, no marks on this face. I don't even feel like I'm in a fight. And um, I'm not sure how, um, how Jillian was, but I know in the first round, she caught a couple like, you know, clock, clock, you, you, you nailed her. And she looked like she, you know, was stunned or something like that. I mean, how do you, how did, how did you think each round went when you were in that fight? Like, I mean, the first round, I kind of felt like, oh, it was pretty, it was close both ways. I mean, you had some serious strikes. She had some good takedowns. Um, second round, um, more battle. And then third round, you just, you know, you, you totally dominated. But how did you feel personally? How did you feel how that, that whole fight went? So coming from a boxing background, I always know they're going to, almost everybody I won against is a grappler. I mean, she's a brown belt. Um, yeah. So I knew she was going to want to get me to the ground. Um, I've had fights in the past where people like just get you down and lay on you. Mm-hmm. And they've uh, they've gave the other fighter the the round or the fight, and there's you know no damage, nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. They just let them stay there and be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked how Kansas and back the ref even told us like you guys can get takedowns, but if you don't do anything with it, it's you know. There's yeah, he stood you up in the second round or something. She had you on the ground or whatever. Nothing was happening. And, and yeah, she was in my guard just, like, holding me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I was trying to push her down, but she wasn't trying to pass or mm-hmm. it was kind of a stalemate. So yeah. um, I, I felt pretty confident after every round. I didn't know how they were going to score the takedowns was the one thing. Yeah. Um, I knew that I did a lot more damage to her. Yeah, and you I mean, rocked her. You definitely rocked her. I mean, her, her, um, the one eye was swollen up pretty good by the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm usually not the person to make those kinds of posts or anything because mm-hmm. um, it can be considered disrespectful. Sure. But the night after or the day after our fight, um, her manager actually got all over social media and said that it was a bad call. Um, I definitely didn't win that fight and that, um, the judges picked me as a favorite. It's the only reason I got it. They raised the wrong hand. Um, all this kind of stuff. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think she had a post that followed that pretty much stated all the same stuff he was saying. And I, I've had, uh, I've had losses in the past, um, you know, I, I had one that me and my coaches didn't necessarily agree with the decision that they made. Mm-hmm. But I, I shook my opponent's hand. I told her congratulations, and I didn't try to take anything from her. Yeah, um, I knew she put in the work, and even if I didn't agree with what happened, mm-hmm. I took the loss that night. Yeah, and so you've had two losses. One against Suna, and I don't. The other girl uh, was more um, recent. Kelsey Bailey from the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, it, it was just really disappointing to see how they reacted to it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't know that. I haven't, I haven't actually, um, looked at her as I was actually going to try and get her on to, uh, the podcast too, and, and, uh, see how, how she was feeling after the fight. But I just, I haven't had a chance to, because she actually wanted to get on prior to just like you and we just couldn't get it scheduled. 
So um, it's always interesting to get the post-fight stuff. <laughs> too, is, you know, like, and then, and then it makes a little like, gets a little like, you know, and then it's good for a rematch or something if, if you know, that, that is the case. But um, who knows? I mean, you're you're moving up the ladder to face, um, you know, potentially Jin Yu Fry, you know, so. That's, I mean, that's the plan. I want to go for the belt for sure. So in these last two fights, I mean, these, my last two fights have been my first fights at Adam Lane. Um, and I think it's known I, I missed weight on this last one, which I mean, that was. Is that because of maybe the glute thing and just, I mean, you had a lot going on too. And, and what did you miss it by? Uh, three pounds. Three pounds. Yeah. 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 So um, this is the first time in my Amy or pro career I've ever missed weight. And uh, I could not do the cardio. I, I, like I couldn't run. Yeah. So um, I can do the cardio I usually do. I can do like, a, you know, any of that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. it happened two and a half weeks out which is kind mm. of your, where you're going to be really burning some stuff. Yeah. So I had to alternate with like swimming, biking, and just try to maintain as well as I could. And then I was also on a bunch of anti-inflammatory stuff to kind of like keep it down. Because once it inflamed, then I had restricted range of motion in my hip because mm. all the muscle tissue was swelled up. So mm. I had, um, I had a, a lot of things <laughs> kind of going against me here yeah. um and I didn't want to like put it out there as an excuse but I I even stopped her in the lobby and was like I didn't mean to miss weight it's I find it disrespectful when people do that and sure. I'm sorry you yeah. know yeah you know sorry to my family friends and stuff counting on me because that's the first that's the first fight in the fight right, and, right. you know so I, I lost that one I lost that fight um mm -hmm. my weight cut <laughs> but you know um Hopefully I'm a little healthier for the next one. I'm going to get this to heal up correctly. Mm -hmm. I kind of push my body a little harder than I should sometimes. So I got my, my husband's been on me because I'm already wanting to go back to the gym. He's like, no, you have to let, you have to let your butt heal. Is what he yeah. Keeps right? <laughs> yeah. So um, is there any recovery protocol for that? I mean, are you, are you getting, you know, um, uh, PT, you know, physical therapy yeah. and like I was taking and whatever. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, luckily cryo, I have a cryo place. Sub, Sub zero is one of my sponsors. So mm -hmm. I get to go to them regularly. They have Norma tech pants. Um, they have a fair gun that I get to use. I got float STL. So I get to do that. And then I have a physical therapist that I started working with as soon as it happened mm -hmm. that I've been consistently working with. And then, um, everything from like cupping therapy to casting okay. to you know e-stem yeah. like we acupuncture yes we, yep we've been doing it all like it's yeah, yeah. that's good yeah. acupuncture is awesome I think um I, I I I had it for injuries I have a good friend that doesn't she does uh, tweena massage which is brutal. Oh my God. She'll literally like have you screaming on the table in, you know, in tears. And then afterwards you're like, Oh wow, I feel so much better. <laughs> you know? like deep muscle tissue kind of thing. Oh, wicked. Like, I mean, deeper than any sort of sports massage. Like it's crazy. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Like I tween our massage. It's like, it's, it's a Chinese based massage and it's, it's, I don't know. Like she just would, I mean, kick my ass. I'm like, but <laughs> say, like, save like my shoulder. I had frozen shoulder, and then I, I blew out my knee, 
and I've never had surgery on my knee, but I, I injured it pretty bad. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. And she, she just kept me going like, so I could get up the next day and go and teach and train and do what I needed to do. So it's like, you know, those things, those modalities, man, those, those uh, practitioners are essential for a fighter, exactly. essential, you know, to keep you going for sure. Well, I'm glad you fought and I'm glad you won. I mean, like that's with, with all that going on, it just, um, it, it's a, it's a testament to you, you as a fighter to, to still get in the cage, even with an injury of, I mean, that's a, that's a large muscle to injure. Yeah. Know? So, um, yeah. Like were you, were you on something, a painkiller to, to when you fought? No, when it initially happened, I, uh, I had to like for a mm. couple of days, I was actually on crutches for two days. Mm. Um, the initial injury happened, but, uh, yeah, it was after that they're like, well, you know, you need to stay off of this for at least six weeks. And I was like, just get me through the next two and a half. Yeah. Right. <laughs> stay off it as long as you want. Yeah. And, um, they're like, okay, well, you know, if you're going to be going through this, we knew like all they could give me was anti-inflammatory. Right. Wow. So yeah. You were sucking it up, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Like pain and whatever, you know, like, yeah. Wow. Wow. So you, did you just recently get your purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? So what's funny is I'm not a purple belt. You're a blue belt. Yes. Yeah. That's what I saw online and they said purple belt. And I was like, wait a minute. I saw the blue belt, but I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I actually gave my coach uh, some trouble about it. I like, I texted him and was like, you know, the commentator said I was a purple belt. And he was just like, gave me crap back and was like, ah, oh, you did all right. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get an honorary one now? <laughs> like, and like, give me a strip of tape or something, you know? But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've only been a blue belt. I just got my blue belt this last year. So yeah. That's great. Congratulations. Thanks. That's really cool. And I mean, we were going to schedule something. Was it you that told me you were going to be in your backyard doing open mat? Yes. So <laughs> it rained yesterday, so we didn't get to do anything outside. Okay. Um, but we watched the Bellator fights and, you know, all that. But we, uh, we have an acre right here where we live. We have chickens and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told the guys we want to start doing like a Friday night open roll we'll just set up mats in the backyard they might get a little chicken poop on them or something but they'll be all right <laughs> that sounds fun that's yep. a fun thing to do on a friday night and then and then a cookout after <laughs> yeah we barbecued smoked smoked some wings and barbecued so that sounds like a blast wow what a what a what a way to have a friday night party, <laughs> party at kelly's house <laughs> that sounds fun so who's played um, um, a meaningful role in your life's journey and influenced you in a positive way? If you could say anybody. So naming somebody just seems so unfair um, because there's been so many different stages of this in my life and the roads I've had to take to get here that um, I felt like I got lucky and met critical people the time I needed them. Mm -hmm. And um Unfortunately, some people haven't stayed in my life. You know, it's people who keep friends from like middle school is amazing because I feel like people just grow apart or have, you know, separate goals and ambitions and you kind of just 
go your own way. But um, I see in contact with a lot of them, especially some of the coaches I've had along the way. And, um, you know, it, 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 I couldn't name one or just even a few because the time that they have dedicated to me is more meaningful to me than getting my hand raised. Because, I mean, people get paid all the time for, you know, coming in and holding pads and stuff. A lot of the people I've had have actually been uh, people who volunteered to come in and help me or, or teammates or coaches who were just like, you're one of the hardest workers I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, I'll come in here and help you with this. Nice. And the time people dedicate is like, you don't get that back. You know, you can't, you can never get time back. So I knew that they did it because they believed I could go somewhere with any of this. And I just, I couldn't name any specific names. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, wh- now, were you an athlete in middle school and, and you were always an athlete? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, really? So when, when, how did, how did the whole MMA thing start off? Like, how did you get involved in that? So in high school, actually, um, I did an interview here recently and kind of let some of this out. Um, in high school, actually, I was a little heavier girl. Um, like right now we're like a size two to a four. I was a size 13 in high school, not healthy. That was like potato chips, marshmallow tea, you know, not based on the size, the size doesn't matter. It's the body that's in it. And it was a very unhealthy girl. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you would have told me one day I was going to be a pro athlete, there's no, I would have thought you were on drugs. (laughs) Absolutely would have thought you were on drugs. Um, I tried a couple sports. I tried volleyball, didn't work out. Um, tried track, didn't work out. I actually tried hurdles one time in track too, because nothing else was I was really good at. And I knocked over every single one of them. Everyone. Everyone. That's um, Oh my gosh, that is so funny. <laughs> that definitely didn't work out. And um, the only thing I ended up getting into was because I actually, um, you know, kids can be really cruel, especially in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually ended up going through an eating disorder in high school. So uh, at one point I decided that, you know, a lot of people don't know diet and healthy and, you know, healthy lifestyle and stuff. So I just decided if I didn't eat, then I I wouldn't get fat. Mm. So that's what I decided to do. And uh, went through some pretty bad stuff with that. I actually was seen in the kitchen one evening and, oh, wow. you know, I got where I was just drinking caffeine to stay alert pretty much. Mm-hmm. But wasn't getting down any food. And I like pretty much went blind. Like I was still alert, but I couldn't see anything. Wow. That's so my body was, sh- it was shutting down. Yeah. So my mom came running up the hall because I started screaming and she had to take me to like, Cardinal Glennon and we, you know, had to talk to a dietitian and I learned a lot about nutrition that way. That was Mm -hmm. kind of the start of that. Mm. And I had an aunt that ran a lot of marathons. And when I got into a healthy state again, she kind of talked me into joining the cross country team Mm -hmm. and start running. Mm. Show up the first day and they tell me we're going to run three miles. And I'm like, I'm not going to run three miles. You might run three miles. I made it like a half a mile and Mm. there was no way. And, uh, two years later I ran my first marathon. So that was kind of the, I mean, it was never, you know, an athlete by means. It kind of, uh, 
got pushed in that direction to to find a healthier way sure, to feel sure. yeah yeah to and and being supported by other women that were older than you now when you were younger i mean now where you are now and you know yourself and when you look back at that young girl um what do you think attributed to the the heavyweight and then the anorexia like was it other people being mean to you or what what, ha what was happening with your self-esteem then so the crazy thing is uh you know i always had my my parents were great they were supportive um but i think every girl has that pressure every girl like look at a look at the front of a magazine yeah you know and the expectation that's put out there mm -hmm. and there's always those girls in high school that are super skinny and popular and you know so um then there's the ones of us that are really frumpy and dorky and not quite got our stuff together mm -hmm. and we put a higher expectation for ourselves but mm -hmm. um you know kids kids do pick on kids oh absolutely you know? yeah, and girls are, um, mean. girls are mean too Girls absolutely yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. and uh you know when you're building trying to build you're in a state you're trying to build a self-confidence you have no idea who you are yeah it's easy to believe what people are saying is who you are right and your body's changing so much too physically i mean you're developing breasts you know you're getting hips yeah. like everything's all over the place and and then hormones you got pimples you got like and you're like what the hell yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I've, uh, I was actually on the call list at the hospital for a while to, mm. um, you know, other girls that are going through stuff can call you and talk to you. Mm -hmm. And it all really just starts with self-confidence. Like mm. most of them, it just, that's, that's what's embedded is they don't have the confidence. So they let other people, you know, put on them what they are instead of making up their own mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's such a rough time for girls too. And if I mean, you're, it sounds like you know you had the right um, people around you for sure to help you out of it. Because some girls don't ever get out of it; like they still, you know, fall into that, that whole cycle, whatever, however it is, and they still fall back into it, and they never find their way out or through it. You're not the only woman that uh, or fighter that has has uh, battled this is I've actually talked to a couple others too. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, there, there's so many commonalities with you female fighters that I'm like, wow, like I, I wouldn't have expected some of these things, um, to come up and some similarities, you know, like just some yeah. similarities of, of, um, you know, what their early adolescence was like and some of the struggles they might've had and, and moving forward. Like, I mean, some, some of the fighters that I've interviewed, you know, their dads had passed away. Like there was like, actually there's several of them and, and there's several, there's a few that have had the eating disorders and then, um, you know, it's just, we all get through life and we're like trying to figure it out, but we all have something. And then this is a way to kind of um, catapult you through some difficult challenges, but empower you in a weird, you know, in a, in a weird sort of way that you wouldn't think for a female you would be doing, you know, fighting. Absolutely. Well, you know, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't get into it until later in my life, but, um, I was, it definitely empowered me. It made me a stronger person, you know, like as, as a woman and stuff and able to, to get out in the world a little bit more. I mean, I always felt like empowered anyways, but way more confident after doing any sort of martial arts, which is really, and that's the thing. It's not just in the gym, like everything from the gym that you, you get the confidence, the empowerment, the, Mm it's outside of the gym too. Like it's, you're building in your life through this, not just in the gym. That's what is really amazing about this sport. Yeah. How do you see um, it like kind of uh, translating into you being a fighter fighter too, you know, like, uh, um, you know, that you're in the cage battling something, you know, you're battling a person, but I mean, when you're a firefighter, you're battling a fire and you're trying to save lives or save somebody's home or, I mean, where are the parallels there for you? What's, what's similar in that kind of, and what's a complete contrast? So to me, really, when I get in the cage, I, I'm, I'm in there with somebody else, Mm -hmm. but I think the real battle is myself, just like through fight camp and the struggles you go through with fight camp and um that person's gonna be there in the cage like they're gonna do their own thing there's nothing I can change but how I think of things and how I do things and you know that's my battle is myself same thing with you know we get called out to a crazy call Mm -hmm. on the way there you have all kinds of thoughts that go through your head and I mean when I get there the scenario is still going to be the same scenario but the only thing, the only factor I can change is how I feel and how I act and, you know, whenever I get there and what I get out of myself. So I think that's really where they relate the most. Mm. So do you, I mean, I mean, being a fighter fighter, you, you confront death a lot. I mean, do you, you know, is there, what's the, um, how do you deal with that? I guess. You know, like, uh, you know, cause you could go in and you might not walk out. It's different. That's different than being going into a cage. We're pretty sure you're going to walk out. You maybe scrape yeah. up some bruises, but you know, fighting a fire, you don't know. And I just had this talk with somebody. Um, I don't think the best way to say is you get numb to it, but you mm-hmm. kind of, uh, accept the possibilities at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm 32 and my husband's 33. Mm-hmm. and uh we've been married for I guess like five years now mm-hmm. and every year at the beginning of the year we have to fill out paperwork at each of our departments that says if I die this is what I want mm-hmm. I don't really know many like 20 some year olds that get married and you have to you have to fill out that paperwork each year and like mm-hmm. so I don't make it home this rotation this is what I want you to do for me And, uh, you know, I think just it's embedded we all know every rotation, something can happen and it's, it's there. So I think there gets to be an acceptance Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's why fighting, like people talk about being so scared to get in there Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't find it scary. It's more of a, you know, the, the adult things kick in, like, well, shit, what if I get hurt and I can't go to work next week? <laughs> that, kind, that kind of stuff. That's me. That's what I would think. Well, if I get hurt and I can't work or, oh, I get hurt and I can't train. <laughs> you know? yeah. that, that used to be my more thing. I can't train. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So those are more of the concerns at this point. But I mean, 
Um, I love both careers. Mm. So it's just one of those things like you got to tell yourself like if something does happen, mm. was a was a living in the moment and doing everything I want, mm. then I'm okay with doing it. Yeah. 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 You have to look at that perspective. Am I loving my life and, and what I do and I do, I, am I enjoying it? And, and yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is, um, for a 31 and 33 year old person to, to look at and, and, you know, go in, you know, it's like almost you, you're doing your will, what once a month, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's pretty much what it feels like. Yeah, you're doing a will. It's like, okay, I'm writing that out. Most people don't. I don't even have a will. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to say my age, but I'm, <laughs> I'm up there. I'm up there. I, I should have a will. And, and, uh, and I mean, like, I haven't even done it. And I'm like, so many people just don't think of their own mortality. Um, and they just don't look at it at all. I mean, I, I looked at it when I was younger a lot because I, I have deceased family members. So I was around death a lot. So I really get it. You, you get a thicker skin. You get a, a definitely a thicker skin. So it doesn't phase me as much. I mean, I feel for people. I have compassion for people. But I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, like somebody might have cancer or somebody might have this or that and they're, they're going to die or whatever. I'm like, yep. They got to, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You, your skin gets, you, you just get a, thicker skin towards it. And you know that it's inevitable for all of us. I mean, none of us are getting out of this life alive. <laughs> you, know? Exactly. you know, we're all heading in that direction one way or the other. I mean, I've, I've been at family funerals and felt like a jerk because, you know, it's somebody I was close to and everybody's crying, but me, Yeah. but like, it's just not, that's not there. Like it's, yeah. you know, I've accepted it, I think sooner than most. And mm. the, it's just a different reaction. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've found that crying or grieving is, is basically for the self. It's not for, it's not for the person that died. I mean, it's missing them, but it's about your own relationship with that person and it's for yourself. Yeah. And, and um, I know for me, it's like, oh, if you miss somebody or the sense of loss or whatever, but I, I didn't cry much at my, you know, family's, um, when they passed away, I mean, I cried in private a little bit cause I, I was going to miss them and their company and stuff, but I don't live with them every day. You know, like I didn't see them every day. We were having this discussion with, um, um, a couple people I know uh, lost pets and I know you have a, you have a dog that's been with you for a, quite a while, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, one of my boot campers lost, uh, her pet and he, you know, just died. And, um, you know, she was like every moment of the day I'm sobbing because that pet was here, you know, like they, they'd be like lying around or, you know, twirling around my feet. They were with me every day. So she was like, I feel bad because if somebody else dies, that's a family member. I didn't feel as bad, but I never put the two and two together saying, isn't that awful? But like put the two and two together of saying, well, they're with you every moment of the day. As opposed to like a, maybe a family member and you see them, you know, maybe once a week or something, they're not living in your space. So I was like, that was a little bit of an epiphany for me. And I was like, wow. So pet owners, no wonder they go bonkers when they lose a pet. They're like, you know, totally grief stricken and all that. I was like, that makes so much more sense to me now. Oh, so I was, I was a disaster when I found out she had cancer. Like it, yeah. it, it was pathetic. I'm not going to lie. And yeah. I've not. I feel like that for a family member 
So I, I yeah, I mean, it's completely true, but yeah. I even tell my husband, I give, I give him hell all the time because he's been with me for almost 13 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, she has seniority on you. <laughs> like, she's been with me longer than you have. So technically the dog has seniority. But, uh, I mean, she was my, she was my best friend. I moved up here and, um, you know, during medic school, I got her. So my ups and downs through medic school, fire academy, everything, like I came home and she was waiting for me to talk to her, you know? So yeah, she, uh, we have three dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. But, um, she's definitely my baby and my best friend. She's just been here forever. Wow. And yeah, that's a, that's a long time to have a dog. I mean, for sure. I, I love the photographs. I love how Invicta will photograph the fighters with their pets. So your pet travels with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she travels with you. So that's, that's pretty cool that you bring her to your fights. And we feel bad not bringing the other ones, but yeah. uh, that bloodhound, one's a bloodhound and she would, I used to have a bloodhound. She's so funny, but she would probably be howling in the hotel room. Yeah. And the other one is a rescue pit who she doesn't like men. So that could get a little complicated. Yeah. But an, an all-girl promotion, it might be okay. <laughs> but yeah, right. wow. she, uh, she was abused really badly. So wow. um, yeah, she doesn't like men, but mm-hmm. I was like, three of them is just too much. So yeah. the old girl gets to go. Yeah. Yeah, seniority. <laughs> oh, I think it's so funny. You have a bloodhound and uh, leaving a bloodhound in, I mean, mine used to just, I mean, like if he barked, it was like shake the whole house, you know, yeah. like, and, and uh, people would be like, what the heck is going on? You know, when you walked him, did he do like the crazy howl thing? If you wanted yes. squirrel or something, it, I know I'll like tell him like, her name's Ellie Mae, and I'm like, Ellie Mae, you weren't embarrassing us, because, like, <laughs> looking out their windows and doors, and I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just my dog went the squirrel, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he would howl at squirrels, and it's so funny, I'm like, <laughs> and, and it echoed, like, throughout, like, we have the Arnold Arboretum up here in, in Boston, and, and uh, we would, he would, we'd let him go a little bit, because he'd always come back, but man, I mean, like, just you know, like sniffing it and how, you know, like going nuts. And you're like, Oh my God. And people are looking at like from all over. It's not like the same bark as like a regular yeah. dog yipping or barking. It's not yeah. the same at all. And, and yeah, it, it just a really funny, funny dog, funny dog. Yeah, they're fun. They were a lot of fun. They're yeah. gross sometimes, but a lot of fun. Gross. Mine <laughs> <laughs> one time picked up roadkill and like, like it was like beef jerky. He flipped it up in the air, like flipped it up in the air and then right down the throat and like didn't even chew the thing. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. I mean, like, I was like, what the hell? I was so grossed out. And I'm like, I don't want you near me. Like, cause then he'd like want to come over and slobber yeah. on you. you know? And you're like, hell no, hell no. <laughs> Oh my God. We'll wipe her boogers on the walls. So when I clean, I like have to wipe the walls down because there's hound dog boogers on them. So yeah, Yeah, the schluck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So uh, for our listeners, if you have a bloodhound, you know, just. (laughs) (laughs) What's 
What's the, what's the other dog that you have that, that is in the photograph from, from Invicta? She's a husky. She's a husky. Yeah. Okay. And what's her name? Dakota. Dakota. Yeah. So Dakota, Ellie Mae. And what's the other one? Abigail. Abigail. Very cute. So all, all girls. Yes. My husband is outnumbered. We don't have any roosters either. It's all female chickens. So oh he's completely outnumbered at our house. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't mind. He must like it. <laughs> no, he's, convert, he's content. He's all right with it. That's cool. Wow. So can you share a story of a time in your life or in your journey where you've experienced failure and what you've learned from it? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of failures. Um, I mean, it, and really, I think it's all in perspective. Um, some people would look at like a lost fight as a failure. Um, you know, I hear people say like, go back to, you know, this, the starting block and it's really not, um, a failure. I would say, mm -hmm. I think failure is definitely on perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, any of them I've, I've had that people maybe consider failure failures. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things you, you either look at it with the right perspective and you move on mm -hmm. or you sit and you pout about it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that sucks with time is it is not something that's going to wait for you. Mm -hmm. And I sat around and I pouted a little bit after my first loss. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I had to really think about some stuff and it was wasted time um, thinking I was a failure and sat there. So mm -hmm. um, really, I think, like I said, it's just perspective on if you want to count it as a failure or we're going to take this and get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's, a, you know, it's an attitude you have to have. It's like um, for every success, you know, like you, you have to fail to get to success, you know, like you have to kind of have those, oh, didn't make it this time. Oh, try it again, try it again, try it again. Um, depending on what you're doing. Um, I think in, in um, mixed martial arts, you can't have too many failures it, um, in that, um, you know, if, if, if you have a loss where you get like knocked out or, you know, some, some sort of injury happens, I mean, it is a finite career path that yeah. you're on, but, um, you got to make the most of the, those, you know, losses say, and then, and then getting back in there and getting back into training and improving wherever, you know, wherever you need to improve on. But, um, it's cool. All cool. Um, is there anything that keeps you up at night? <laughs> um, well, it really, we don't have a very good uh, sleep schedule, so I can't really say I sleep all night, any night. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I, I wouldn't say I could say anything keeps me up at night. Mm -hmm. There's a, uh, there's things as a first responder you learn to cope with in it in a different way but um you know we it, a good thing is is I have my husband that works in the same career field and we get to vent a lot to each other so any bad things we come home with with that um you know we have somebody to talk to but keeping me up at night other than that is just uh self-criticism mm -hmm. you know if I have a bad day at training I may 
you know, beat myself up, but toss and turn. How can yeah. I do better? Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I sit yeah. in my sleep sometimes, yeah. actually. So <laughs> I can remember I used to do that in my dreams too. I don't so much anymore. I, I'm a little bit more away from it. I don't train as much as I used to, but like, um, I can remember having dreams where you're you're really fighting something yeah like and you're like wow i'm actually good that, well that, that's what i would think i'm like <laughs> i'm actually good <laughs> once upon a time um can oh can you share a time in your martial arts journey where you experienced an aha moment um of realization yeah so that kind of goes back to the losses um i kind of had to figure out i think everybody has like a loss and they're like why am i doing this mm -hmm. you know what especially you know you get out of there and you realize your whole camp was for a moment for somebody else to get their hand raised mm -hmm. you know i get it and uh i think my biggest aha moment was uh to figure out why i was doing this and I had to tell myself, like, I want to, I want to have to miss this. If I don't miss it by this certain amount of time, then I'm not going to back to the gym because maybe it's just time to move on. And I got myself thinking about moves and combinations and fights and, you know, getting that itch again. And, uh, I realized that it's not getting in there and winning. I mean, that's the best feeling in the world. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. but. Uh, at the end of my career, it's pretty much the, the journey. Like, am I going to be able to teach other people? Am I going to be able to inspire other people? Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people try to get through camps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I also, out of that got, you got to focus on things in camp. Like, life don't stop. So you still need to go see family. You still need to see friends. You still need to focus on another career if that's a goal. And... Mm -hmm. If you focus on the moment, then it doesn't just seem like everything gets wound up and something gets thrown away. Like mm -hmm. you need to focus on every moment. And I got my why back and uh, I realized that I need to go in and enjoy every training, not just like get through it. Yeah. It's important to have a why, right? Like to, to keep your motivators like, why am I doing this? I mean, I finding that sometimes can be really tricky. I think there's like seven questions. Like you keep asking yourself, you ask your question, like seven whys or something like that. It'll get you down to that, like that core why in your heart and soul of like why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, okay. I can live with that <laughs> and, and, and keep it going. If I know that, um, was it hard for you to find that in yourself? Your, your why? So, um, I'm not going to act like my first loss was easy by any means. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my husband gave me crap and he said like the first rotation I had by myself home, he came home and it looked like a frat house. There's like pizza boxes and <laughs> I was just like yeah. depressed and done with everything for the moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of when people are down, like past struggles come back. And you have to evaluate a lot more than just that, that moment that you're having a problem. You start evaluating everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, it definitely made me a stronger person. And uh, it's 
definitely actually gave me some confidence, especially for these last couple of fights, because uh, I figured out a lot about myself. Mm. And not just my why, but when I can, you know, when I break and if I can build off of it or mm-hmm. weaknesses, strengths, and yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, like your emotional journey, you know, with this, like, you know, you have a, if you had a loss then you got to come back and I mean, you, 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 your last two fights were wins and you fought tough opponents. Um, But like coming back from the losses to make the wins, what would you say has led to, you know, what has been the essential, maybe three to five, you know, things that you might do that lead to the success that you're having now? Um, I mean, I had a, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of different changes in there, but definitely the structure and discipline. Um, and along with that comes the confidence because if I know that I'm putting in so much work that I break my butt, (laughs) then I know that I'm doing enough. I need to gear it back a little bit, obviously, but, um, I mean, I think the people that aren't disciplined in things are the ones that have more Mm self-doubt because they know like somebody else might not know that they haven't been disciplined or been doing the training they should be doing, but they know you can't get away from that no matter what you do. Yeah. And when it, when it comes to, you know, being able to structure everything, um, you know, it helps to have coaches and stuff, but I have a messed up, schedule for a career so knowing that I can put together structure like that and still have a full-time career and get in get get in there and do this really the main thing it comes down to is confidence like all the all those little scenarios that I have to be disciplined and be structured and Mm -hmm. make sure that no matter what like including in this camp the injury and stuff Mm -hmm. that I can go in there and be like I'm gonna win yeah you know there's a lot of I got through a lot of self-doubt um, mm-hmm. coming into my pro career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was definitely fighting bigger weight class mm-hmm. than I should have been in because I started as a straw weight. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. So, yeah, um, my pro debut was against Emily Whitmire. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't. She's currently in the UFC, and okay. she actually uh, was in the Ultimate Fighter house. So, uh I I know I was fighting a bigger weight class up and uh that that takes away a little confidence. Right. So once I went to Adam Weight, that was a big thing too, is you know, these girls may be a little skilled, but at least they don't have the size on me now. And I'm on a more level playing field. Yeah. Yeah. I know weight makes a big difference, like uh weight class, doesn't it? <laughs> I've heard jujitsu people say like it doesn't matter in jujitsu, but you get a girl that's 20 pounds bigger than you in there yeah. and they want to lay there. It's yeah. a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they're laying on you or whatever, even their kicks, it's like taking a two by four. It's like, Ooh, fuck. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, of course, their reach, like I'm only five yeah. two. So yeah. everybody in the straw weight class, like a lot of them were, well, Emily's like five, six or five, seven, yeah. you know? So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's definitely, I mean, and for them, they're like, oh, good. I'm going to get a smaller chick to fight against. They're like psyched, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I could totally see that happening. 
I know I would be if, if that was the case. Whenever anybody came into the gym and they were smaller, I was like, oh, this is going to be right. me. And then if it's somebody bigger, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know? You've never had somebody walk in, though, and be smaller than me. <laughs> I know. I can imagine. No, I not at all. feel that ever. Yeah, but... right? <laughs> so how do you see yourself as a role model for young girls or, or women um, coming up? Maybe in the, in the fight game. Okay. So, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of gyms I think are a little more welcoming now, but, uh, for fight game or firefighting, it's, uh, you know, just do it. You're going to get told you can't, and you're going to get told some places you don't belong. Mm -hmm. And the best thing is to just do it. And if you fail at it, just get back up and do it. Cause um, I mean, you're building a foundation right now for all women in, in mixed martial arts or even for the fire service. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot more criticism with that sometimes being one of the only girls on a scene or being one of the only girls in the gym, but mm -hmm. that foundation is going to be there for the next girl to build on and then for the next girl to build on and the next girl to build on. So making sure that you lay that down correctly and you know, bring other girls up around you. There's, there's some weird competition stuff in gyms sometimes with females. Oh, I don't, I don't understand it completely. Um, because like a girl walks in and I'm like, Hey, you want to be friends? What do you do? What do you, what do you like? You kickboxer? Are you a boxer? You do BJJ, you know? And, um, it, there's just like this weird thing sometimes. I just found an article on it here while back. Cause I was like, is it, have I just noticed it? But apparently it's a pretty common deal. Hmm. So just, you know, support each other and everything. Like it's, it's intimidating walking into some of these places. So if you're the only girl face, make sure you're the welcome anymore. You, oh, you know, make yeah. sure you. I, I mean, I know when I started, there wasn't very many women in the gym. Um, and there was, there, there was probably a handful you know, and now there's a lot of women in, in the gym. Awesome. And yeah. Awesome. Like sometimes, sometimes in the class that can exceed, you know, the, the man, men in the class, there's been times. Oh, wow. We never did that. I know. I know. And I mean, there's, there's so many like small groups of that are having open mats just for women. Um, there's classes, you know, that, you know, they're in the, they're on the fight team now, you know, like there's more women on the fight team. It's not just one token female on the fight team. There's actually several. And it's just, it's amazing to me because I know when I was tr more training, um, there just wasn't that. And I was more like, you know, come on, you want to, you know, you're, you're the younger girl, you're the one that can get in there and do it, you know, like, you know, and I'll help out however I can or whatever. But it's, it, it, it's amazing to me how much more it's grown and it's just going to, it's just going to excel. It's going to be amazing in another 10 years when you have some of these young, like these really young girls coming yeah. that, that are like, you know, rolling and uh, doing other things, you know, doing comp competing like now and like, you know, these, all these BJJ tournaments and, and they have the, the Muay Thai tournaments. There's more of those going on throughout the country. So it's like they're going to get like that, then that, and then they're going to put it together and it's going to be like crazy. You won't just get like the Olympic athlete coming in and saying, oh, you know, we'll get more. These girls have been doing this like since childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, ooh, how's this going to expand, you know, um, which is really, really cool. And let's all admit here, girl fights are way better to watch. 
I think so. You know, like there's, there's some, there's some, I mean, like, you know, they used to say that, you you know, you're not going to see a knockout or whatever, but I mean, like, did you see that? Did you, I know. Did you see that head kick? Did you watch um, (laughs) Valentina? I was like, holy, but she set the thing up. Like if you know Muay Thai, she kept setting it up, you know, body shot, body shot. Then, you know, eye goes down to duck and then whack right in the head. I'm like, oh man, everybody, that was. I was a little scared. Like the way she postured and everything. Like I was worried she wasn't going to come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she was out cold. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, when she probably, I mean, she probably has no recollection of it, but like when she saw it, probably the video of it, she probably went, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, damn. Like, that was nasty. Nobody wants to get caught with that one. I'm like, yee. Very, very deadly kick. Um, If you could fight anyone living or dead, who would it be? So just just because she is my favorite all-time fighter, and we are obviously not in their same weight class, so she'd kill me. But it'd be worth it. It'd be Holly Holm. Nice. I absolutely love Holly Holm. So, um, yeah. I mean, I get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just height alone, right? Height alone. <laughs> but uh no I, I I really like her and yeah. I, I just like her character too like she doesn't try too hard she doesn't do any weird Instagram stuff to get attention like she just she just Sally home yeah so. yeah she's cool definitely well that's cool so well my my next question will be what female fighter do you love to hate and why love to hate <laughs> I mean, I think everybody loved to hate Rhonda, yeah. but the thing is, like, she paved a path for women in MMA, mm-hmm. so the only, the only time my love-hate came from her is uh, when she was, when she was a sore loser. Yeah. Okay. So, that, I think that was the love-hate relationship one for me. <laughs> yeah it's being a better competitor then that's cool that's a great answer it's so funny like I think I, I don't think you're the only one that um that has said you know stuff like that about Rhonda or whatever I mean they appreciate everything that she did but they just didn't like how she handled things in the end like yeah. you know when she lost she yeah she just had a hard time with with dealing with that I guess apparently well her last couple of fights she even got where she wouldn't touch gloves with the girls or anything like that and yeah. it's just yeah. 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 We're, we're all in this together, really, at the end of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that is. Um, could you share um, a story when you felt inadequate or were told no because you were a woman? And how did you handle that? Well, I mean, even getting into uh, the fire service, uh, definitely small town. I got a lot of reactions of, you know, you're a firefighter or I've been out with the guys from my crew before and people come up and talk to us and I introduce myself and the reaction is, are you the secretary? (laughs) So, (laughs) and that's only a few examples. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things I could get super pissed when stuff like that happens and 
be a jerk. Uh, I kind of have a smart ass sense of humor about it sometimes, you know, but it's, it's one of those things, like, especially somebody who's never met a female firefighter, Mm. I'm their first impression. So even if they're kind of being a jerk or in the wrong or the way they're handling things, Mm -hmm. I'm still getting the chance to make an impression as the first female firefighter they meet. So I try to handle it classy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went on trainings and stuff and get shit mainly for my size, but you know, there's not a lot of girls on most of these, these trainings and, you know, for the fire departments and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's one of those things just, there's going to be doubt, but really, I think I get something from that. Like, I kind of like it. Like, I like, yeah. I like them to doubt me because when you prove them wrong, it just feels so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to see the, maybe like, even the like, Oh, wow. On their face, you know, like, Oh, you're a firefighter. <laughs> I, yep. didn't, I didn't see that one coming <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, you're a fighter too. Oh my God. Guys must be like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? I get some good, I got some really good guys that I've went through like school with or worked with that are super supportive. Um, and just, you know, I earned their respect by working with them and everything, but there's those days that, you know, it gets, I've had people call the firehouse and I answer mm-hmm. and they're like, can I talk to a firefighter? And I'll introduce myself as firefighter Kelly. This yeah. is firefighter Kelly. Can I help you? Oh. Yeah. Can I talk to a firefighter? Hello, this is firefighter Kelly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, it's just, like I said, I'm, you know, you're still setting an impression even if, uh, it's a little frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Wow. I applaud you. I think that's amazing because I'm sure there were um, a lot of struggles along the way where you were like, you know, getting there and getting through things and, and had, you know, maybe not the, you know, people looking at you, they probably had their doubts and you're like, I'm going to show you that you're not right on, you know, yeah. the way you're thinking and to be able to rise above that. That's huge. That's there's definitely there's departments too that still have the mentality women don't belong in the fire service yeah. and um, you know unfortunately I've had to experience some of that in my past mm-hmm. but um, it's one of those things like do I pout about it and let it get to me or do I make a change and you know I also have the opportunity to be at the St Louis County Fire Academy mm-hmm. as an instructor so now I can actually have that contact with the students coming through and maybe change a mentality in the fire service and be a support system for some of the girls that come through and, you know, they're the only female in the class or, you know, seeing another girl sometimes is a little, little comforting. Oh, absolutely. It's like, Oh my gosh, there's somebody who's like me. <laughs> you get me. <laughs> yeah, you get me. You get my struggles here and my and some of my insecurities. One of the things like um years ago when um some of the women were fighting like just maybe in a kickboxing tournament, it wasn't MMA, but they would go through the hard training in the ring with the other male like, you know, um uh, practitioners to practice for the fight coming up. And, and there were times where after, you know, being in the ring after several rounds, like, you know, like 10 rounds, five minute rounds, you know, on a Monday night and you come out of there afterwards and you're like toast. And she would cry. Like, I can remember this one woman, she would cry and the guys were like, you know, 
there's no crying in MMA, you know? But for her, you know, she was made to feel like, you know, they, they were thinking it was because she lacked confidence or whatever, but it wasn't. It was just a release. It was like a let, but we didn't even know that at the time, that that's what yeah. was happening to, you know, her as a female. I was like, no, it's freaking normal. That's just how she releases like stress and a little anxiety. And just if she did have any doubts or whatever, she's just like, okay. And then, and then afterwards she felt fine. But, but then she felt like, you know, cause they were looking at him well, she feels probably just lacking some confidence there yes. and whatever, you know, the guys are thinking. Little girls crying. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like she just I, hung with all you guys. Are you kidding me? You know, like, and was ripping it up. I'm like, oh my God. I would lie or if I didn't say, I, I cry at least once every five camp. Yeah. I do. Like I have a breakdown. Like it's a very pathetic breakdown. It's ugly cry. Good old ugly, ugly cry. Just about every camp. Mm. And um, there's a couple coaches I had that I was their first female fighter they had. And they were just like, they didn't know what to do. Like they went from like hard ass to like, I'd be like, <laughs> you know, and they're like, I don't know what to do. But, you know, she's crying. I've never had any fighter cry, but right. you know, and I've had a couple girls that I've trained with that I, I've witnessed it, you know, and you didn't really just go sit down next to them and let it get them. It, they just got to get it out of their system. Like that's yeah, really yeah. all it is. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny you bring that up because we were just talking about that not too long ago. And yeah. it, it really is just like a girl thing, I think. Yeah. Just it's just a release. And it's just how women release stress, I think, too, sometimes. And like, because we get, we get more of an emotional buildup of, of whatever. And it's just like, okay, you let it go. It's a release. I was talking about this I, early, like one of my early on uh, podcast with, I think Mina Grusander said, she goes, I cry after almost like every, every training session. She's like, I cry. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I just remember, you know, like some of the, some of the women do it. They probably still do. I, I haven't heard anybody talk about it any, any more, but I know in the early days it was like the guys were like, Oh, you know, probably lacks a little bit of confidence. And I'm like, I don't know if it's all that. No. Pretty confident we'll come in this gym, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're going to cry, but we'll be back the next day for an ass beating again. So it's yeah. not kind of- <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And her training partners are all men. It's like, that's a lot of confidence right there to be training with all men. And you're not like, I mean, the guys, when they're competing, they're training against guys. Yeah. You know, she's going up weight level, everything. And, and, you know, so I was like, yeah, I think she's got a lot of confidence. <laughs> Thing is sometimes I think the cry is uh, frustration. Like I'm, yeah. I'm the only, I'm the only MMA girl at my gym. Yeah. So sometimes my husband is the smallest partner I have, and he's 152. Yeah. So no. you know, like there's things we can't try. You yeah. know, with when we're with big strong guys, yeah. and there's things that aren't gonna work, and there's things they can do that we can't do, and it gets frustrating. Oh, absolutely. Like, some of my cries have just been pure frustration of like you know yeah. you you get in there and you have a, a helpless moment and yeah. you know you're not so yeah yeah you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to get it done and you're trying to actually maybe even learn a technique and you can't even learn it effectively because you need to you need to go with somebody maybe your size um and yeah to to, to actually get the feel for like maybe a certain takedown or or whatever. I, I can remember feeling like that a lot. 
definitely, definitely. So yeah, it's, it's across the board. So who do you um, see as maybe your next opponent? You know, I really don't know. Um, the Adam Lake class, I feel like, isn't that big. But I've been surprised with some of the matches. And then there's been girls just kind of come out of nowhere yeah. that I didn't even know about. So, um, you know, I it took eight months to get a, another matchup with them. So I don't know. I'm not going to be picky. I know I want to still be making my way up the list. Right. I don't, you know, take anybody ranked below Jillian because yeah. you know, I it's yeah, I know. Like, um, I mean, the, the fight that was um, the not the was the co-main um, at your event was um, Vivian Pereira versus um, Ali, uh, Alicia. Alicia, yeah, Zapatella. Zapatella. And I was actually surprised that Alicia lost, and and I'm like, ooh, where does that put her? And um, yeah, it'll be you know, I mean, like, what's next? And then there's there's Mina Grusander, there's um you know, there's quite a few that, yeah. I mean, that are in line up there that, I mean, Elise Anderson, Ashley Cummings. I mean, there's, there's a, I yeah. don't, I mean, and I just, uh, I was a straw weight up until these last two, these two fights. I don't really know where they, yeah, they stack me, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, but I'm definitely feeling good at Adam weight. So I'm hoping they give me some competition. That'd be, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I haven't I haven't seen what the release is for the next fight card. That will probably be in July or something. I haven't seen it yet. But um, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because they usually have an atom weight fight, like um, a main. You know, I I, I think uh, Jin is probably due to uh, defend her title again at some point soon. I think, and it'll be interesting to see who they have for that, and then. And then, you know, who's going to be, you know, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, uh, some of our top girls have already kind of fought each other. So mm -hmm. at some point, you know, so yeah. we'll see. So what's your three to, you know, what's your three year plan now? Business and, and, or, you know, what, what are the goals now? Um, just MMA. You could do anything life. Okay. Uh, life. So just life on a personal note. Um, would like to get land in the mini farm <laughs> and uh, grow organic food and have more chickens and some more animals. Wow. So it's kind of a weird, weird one. Um, and we also have a bus that we're converting into a camper that we can take on like jujitsu competition trips. Nice. and take our dogs that's the only reason we're doing it so we can take our dogs with us yeah. um but so those are some pretty uh weird personal ones uh mma wise i mean i i mean belt that's you know invict is the only belt really right now for atom weights and i didn't i didn't commit everything i have to this tonight have that belt mm -hmm. so um you know it's it's definitely the main goal. And from there, I mean, I'd love, you know, everybody's talked about it, but I think Adam Waits have a little more to offer the UFC oh. than they think. So I'd love, I'd love for them to, you know, give us an opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And firefighter wise, uh, 
I plan on trying to be a training officer and, you know, work on the rest of my degree. So. Awesome. Well, you have a lot, a lot to look forward to a lot ahead of you. And um, I'm, I'll look forward to seeing you fight again um, soon. Hopefully Invicta will have you again, you know, fighting maybe before the end of the year, hopefully that would be awesome. I'm sure that's, yes. that's something you would like. Um, this is a great time for you to maybe remind fans where they could find you or on, you know, on social media or any shout outs that you'd like to give to sponsors or, you know, or coaches or anything like that. Okay. Um, so Facebook is Kelly and D'Angelo. Instagram is Kelly at Kelly a D'Angelo and Twitter is the same. Um, you know, my, my team, my coaches, uh, St. Charles MMA, uh, Mike Rogers. I've have a, you know, a lot of people I would want to name, but, uh, I'll keep it at that. And my sponsors, I'm just going to say they're, you know, go check out my social media pages. They're all listed on there. And, uh, they're all people that I actually believe in. I don't, I mean, I have a full-time career. So the sponsors I take on are people that I like really truly believe in what they do or who they are. And we're trying to like, you know, be a team and build each other. So anybody that I put on there as a sponsor is somebody that I really believe in who they are. So go to their page, like them, support them. And, uh, and that's it. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was great to get to know you. And, um, I'll look forward to seeing your fight and um, hope your butt heals up really well. <laughs> and, uh, and we see you next week. What's that? I couldn't hear you. Hopefully it'll be even stronger butt than before. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But thanks. I'm glad we could finally like get this set up. I know we kind of had a back and forth for a while, so I appreciate it. Yeah. I do too. Thank you so much for coming on and, and uh, taking the time to, to chat. It was really, really, really great to, to get to know you. Thank, Thank you. you too. So I'd like to thank Kelly Wildfire D'Angelo for coming on to the show. I mean, she's something. I mean, she's a firefighter. You know, going in to, you know, to help or save people, you know, save people from, you know, a fire or save their lives. And then, and then she, you know, steps into the cage and she kicks ass. I'd like to congratulate her on her last fight. Um, you know, kudos to her and I can't wait to see her fight for Invicta FC again, hopefully soon. If you like what you heard today and are eager to hear more, never miss an episode from Evolve WMA and Law, Shelly Divine, by remembering to subscribe and download on or you can listen while doing other things by finding us on Automatic Shout Engine or Spotify at Evolve Women's MMA. Or if you prefer to watch, you can find a new episode on YouTube at Women's MMA. I know it's redundant, but that's how you got to find us. Women's MMA, look us up. Um, so if you enjoyed this episode too, please go ahead and leave a review because it helps people find the show. And on the review, mention Kelly and, you know, list how she might have inspired or motivated you. You can leave that review at my blog at evolvedwma.com or, you know, you can leave it on iTunes. And lastly, if nothing else, you can simply follow us at facebook.com backslash I love WMA. This is Shelly Devine. And